Koan Vioma Law PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Viren Koan Vioma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Koan Vioma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering. Community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. The Cobal Scholarship Program. Are you an enrolled member of a federally recognized tribe interested in pursuing a college degree at any level? Think about applying for the Cobal Scholarship. Applications for the 24-25 academic year undergraduate and graduate scholarship opportunities are now open and close March 31st, 2024. Please visit cobalscholar.org for more information and apply today. Now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, Five Star, Five Diamond Chef, J-Man. And with me is still single, Carl. Uh, I'm sitting next to an old man, of course, and uh, I'm pretty sure... Uh, I know that, you know, we don't have uh, the YouTube feed for our listeners anymore because, you know, we our, our video guy is is pretty much useless. Yeah. But uh, for to paint the picture for the folks at home, you know, we're, we're sitting in a room and there's three of us in the room. And then so, you know, when you're thinking about actual facts, raise your hand if you're the oldest person in the room. And so, you know, that would be Carl's hand that's going up and, you know, but he doesn't understand facts or logic. And so... <laughs> Because when you live on the Hobie Reservation, there are no facts or logics. It just goes as is. So, speaking of facts and logics, we have a special episode today, and we're we're back. We're back for with episode four. We have a special episode. We got some special guests in the house today, yeah, and they're very special. And I tried to explain to Carl why these folks are special, but they're special because they pay the bills around here. And so we got us, our, talk, our top sponsors. You, you talk about them. that are here, and you know, Carl doesn't understand how uh, you don't bite the hand that feeds you because <laughs> in his world, you know. There's an expression about money not falling from trees, but in Soul's household, the money does, in fact, fall from trees. It falls from the tree of Soul and Kwa, <laughs> and it falls into his lap. And so, therefore, he doesn't understand that, you know, when people fund you, that, you know, you kind of got to do things like this and, you know, promote their their stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, I had a long is, discussion is, with is Carl that... about this. But yet, he still failed to understand yeah. that concept. And so, you I, know, he's still running around here acting like Soul's a boy and, and spoiled so it's a boy that, you know, the money just falls into his lap. And so. All right. So back to the real world. 
<laughs> that is the real world. <laughs> so back take to, us back so into back, your into so, your imaginary <laughs> land. So back where you're the king, and you know I, you just roll out of bed, I, and then people bow down to you, and then without <laughs> some hesitation. Suffering. So back to the real world, how real world things thinks and everything like that. But yeah, we do have us. We do have some special guests, and they will be talking about their expertise. And I'm pretty sure that. Uh, um, even even they actually said that you know it, it's it's kind of hard for them it, it's kind of hard for them to just talk about their expertise or their their knowledge there especially cuz nobody wants to hear about about this kind of thing trust me like nobody nobody in 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 that college area wants to hear about like scholarships or money and financial aid everybody wants to get paid and then don't think about anything twice like that back to the real world. That's how I thought, right? It's like, we're not, we're not going out and seeking like the history of like, Oh yeah, this scholarship is made by a woman or a man. And you know, this is like, nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about, about those types of things. We just want to get our money so we can uh, buy cool stuff and go to school. That's it. But in all fairness, uh, we have two individuals here are willing to talk about their end and why is it important for us to know about the scholarships, know about the history of it so we can be appreciative of where this money is coming from. You know, it's really interesting. And I think that the listeners will probably pick up on this is that, you know, since we started season 12. Yeah. That, that I, I very much have forced my will on a lot of these topics. In almost every single episode, you filibustered in in a way to try to keep from talking about the main topic. And, you know, the last episode, you filibustered because I asked you the simple question, Carl, what is uh, your dream woman? And then, you know, you went on a whole 20-minute tirade <laughs> of married people and their unhappiness. And then, you know, now we're, we're talking about a, a very interesting topic. One topic yeah. that I do find very interesting. And have Only some experience you find this in. interesting. And then now here you are trying to filibuster again. <laughs> To try to keep us from the main point. And I, so I, you're, didn't, I you're, didn't say anything you're, about that. You're on one this season. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know what, what what it is that you're on, but you're really on one. But as Carl mentioned, today's topic of the episode is scholarships. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, we we'll got folks from the Cobell Scholarship. And I, I think, you know, well, I, you know, because your opinion, although, you know, I do think it's a short-sighted opinion, I think that it's valid to kind of I guess allow you to express yourself in, in this situation because then you know when I was emailing um shout out to Missy who's been the coordinator I yeah. guess of, yeah. of making this episode happen. Yeah. But when I was emailing her that you know because we were kind of talking about what some of these topics might be for the podcast episode today that I was thinking about like you know when when our Hopi kids when they graduate from high school and I don't know if this for a fact, but my my guess, my guess would be that probably only 50% of all graduating high school students uh, attend uh, some sort of higher educational institution. And then so therefore, you know, for that population that decides to go on to try to get a college degree. Yeah. Then, you know, this information would be helpful it would for be them. More relevant to But yeah. then, you know, we still have this whole other half of a population. <laughs> that decides to not pursue a higher ed 
education for various reasons. And, you know, I think for some, my assumptions would be that the cost is probably something that has to do with it, either that or, you know, just the lack of support or, you know, various reasons. Maybe they like, like per, per your comment, maybe they just don't see the importance. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. they think yeah. that, you know, I could go work at the K-Town store. Yeah. I could go work at the Circle M store. I could go mop floors in any one of these schools. And then I could still make a living for myself, still be a Hopi out here. And then in turn, why do I have to go through this whole effort of getting a college education and then pursue that education? And, you know, I think that, you know, once we bring our guests on that, we can kind of talk about it a little bit more. But, you know, like as, as far as trends go, because then with possibly and I could be completely wrong maybe it's 70% of our students are going to higher ed or maybe it's even less than 50% so but then like because for those that do decide yeah. to get a college degree there's let's let's say it's 50% okay 50% of all graduating high school students go on to pursue higher ed yeah but then the matriculation rate from your first year of college into your second year of college, then it becomes like that uh, Squid Games. I don't know if you've ever seen that series yeah. Yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. And so it's like you got all these kids eager, ready to go their first year in college. And then it's like red light, green light. And a bunch of them are getting blasted that first game and only X amount move on to that second year. And then matriculation rates into the third and fourth year. It's just a very much big squid games till where to get till the very end to those that are actually getting their college degree. Yeah. Then it yeah. becomes a fraction of what that original number was. And then, you know, I think that part of that squid game variable, a lot of it has to do with finances. So let me ask you a question. If you were a normal person, if you were just a normal person, mm -hmm. the one that never pursued uh, education or never pursued higher education, mm -hmm. what would you in your in your shoes? What would you have been doing? Would you be working or maybe like um, doing something on the side, carving dolls? I'd like to think that I'd probably be working at the hospital in Tuba City as a like a janitor or something. No, I'd probably lead the surgical department <laughs> have i said normal person <laughs> no I, I i think i'd probably very much still be in the food industry in the food I, industry i'd still be five star five diamond diming it mm. but if i'm living out here then i'm probably working in the cafeteria at the hospital <laughs> or, yeah that's or, true or, or working at you know various places or like, you know maybe i'd be the ones that would have it'd be uh J, J man stand instead of Ellen Case. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, like, see, those are the types of things that people don't really think about, like how how education can change your perspective view on different things like that. Mm -hmm. Because you did, you you pursued higher education, you got a scholarship. I'm pretty sure you you um, or some sort of funding, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it, it's through those means that actually changed your way of uh, life and or your outlook on life. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like with me, I, I did get through. I I had um, funding. I didn't get a scholarship. I got through funding, mm -hmm. but then, you know, it, it, to me, I, I think culture, culture wise kind of took over in my mind. I, it's just like more of the cultural end part of it. Did, that, did you, did you, did you go to, go to college? Yeah, I went to college. Are you sure? I'm sure. Are, do you, do you have a, I, I do a, have a degree? I, I do have a diploma. Yes. Can, can you, uh, 
Can you send it to AJ so she can post it on the socials? It's it as it's a bachelor's degree in in uh, graphic design. And so. and while we're doing this, you can send her the picture of this quote unquote girlfriend that you had. <laughs> She's a supermodel. And then, then she could post that, and then we can determine the validity of those claims. No, remember it's like from, it's from that, the last episode. Is that girl like from uh, Napoleon Dynamite? Remember when Pedro pulls it out, or no, when uh, Napoleon pulls it out? It's that uh, that shot from the mall. The, the mall pictures. No, I don't remember. You don't remember no, that? Don't, she's don't. like, she's a supermodel. She's in a, she's traveling right now. She's like, I like her bangs. Speaking of AJ, happy birthday to AJ, by the way. Oh yeah. Today, happy today is her birthday as yeah. we're, we're recording this. And yeah. So today she turned, her, she uh, finally turned she 21, 21 today, 21. So. And so she's willing to uh party. <laughs> she's no longer a girl. In in legal terms, I, I think that's eighteen, Carl. No, no, I, oh, is it? I, I know you don't want to share your knowledge of these things, and so <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll help you unincriminate yourself and, and push this forward. But I, you know, I think that your point is is pretty valid because um, you know that that is a, I think that's a very true statement of how higher education can change a oh, yeah. person's life. Yeah. And, you know, I think that we've talked about this prior in a couple of episodes, but not really specifically talking about scholarships, but we've talked about how, you know, as children that, you know, we have all these hopes and dreams, yeah. and, you know, yeah. often that, you know, in the classrooms in as children that we're asked, you know, what it is that you want to do with your life. And, you know, we're thinking about all these cool occupations, we want to be NBA basketball players, we want to be pro wrestlers, we want to be, in your case, ninjas and all of these things but then as you get older into your high school years then you really truly start to think about you know what it is that I want to do because then once high school's over and then I, I gotta do yeah, something that's the one that's when the real world starts exactly yeah and so that's that's the thing it's like do I want to pursue higher education or do I want to just get a job and then become success I mean like don't get me wrong I mean like higher education is okay it, higher education is okay <laughs> But you can still become successful without higher education. There's still success without higher education. There's still success without scholarships, without funding, without becoming something in the Pahana world. There's still success like that. And I'm, I'm like all of these Hopis around here, they strive for success. Again, but, again, again, Carl, you know, you're still having difficulty of grasping this concept that you don't bite the hand that feeds you. <laughs> And so whenever these successful people that made it in the real world without scholarships, when they yeah. start giving us sponsorship money, yeah. then you can start promoting them and their <laughs> successes. But I'm pretty sure like these two individuals, they, they weren't having these types of thoughts before. They're not like saying that, okay, by the age of eight, I'm going to get a scholarship from Cobell, you know? Or, or, or by, by the age of eight, I'm going to be running Cobell. <laughs> or, or something. Yeah, yeah. Of, of I'm, it, I'm like the, the our two guests are not thinking that way because they. I don't think they even thought about that. If if you're putting into real world speculation, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm pretty what sure, like do you I, know about the real world, Carl. I, I mean, I I, 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 I know you, very you, much. You you spend most of your day safely inside, ensconced in in Solo's house, <laughs> rarely stepping foot outside. That's the real and, world. you know, I can't even get you to take a trip down to Tuba to judge a Miss Hopi pageant, let alone accepting that you're yeah. this world-renowned expert of the real world. 
I, you're, you're being very saucy. And so, I, you know, I, uh, you're, you're, you're bringing it out of me. And so I, I look through a lot of Facebook. So <laughs> Facebook and Instagram, that's the real world. Well, if I could bring it back to, to the okay. purpose of this Go episode, ahead. because then, you know, like, and I, I think that high school is probably different now than when you and I went to high school many years ago. But then when you think about those high school years, when you get to that age, when you start really thinking, oh, crap, I got to figure out my life. I got to yeah. figure out what yeah. it is that I'm going to do. And then, you know, all of these options are laid out in front of you. Because especially when you become a high school senior, I will never forget. I never got more mail in my young life than when I was a senior in high school because I was getting a lot of recruitment material from various schools. Yeah. I was getting recruitment material from various vocational programs. Yeah. And I was getting various, not only recruitment material, I was getting phone calls and I was getting people knocking on my door trying to get me to serve in the military. And so... You know, as as students at that age, you're presented with all of these options. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of us that is in we chose higher education because then, you know, we're thinking about these careers that involve a degree that you need a degree to be something as a lawyer do or you, do you really a medical need a doc, a medical doctor. I mean, like, do or you or a psychologist or um a nurse, like all of these professions that we learn of in our young years, we learn that, you know, at some point we got to obtain a degree in order to get these, I to mean, be but, these positions. I mean, but do you really need and, those types of degrees like that? And so, you know, we, we make that choice. Yeah. And then so we decide to go into college. And then, but for a lot of us, because then, you know, a lot of us, our families, if you haven't noticed, I'm, I'm ignoring you now. And so trying to keep things on track. But we, Learn that because a lot of us are in this impoverished state that we can't pursue these dreams. We're not in, unless we're not impoverished unless, unless we get some financial assistance. And for Hopis, you know, at least to speak on the dynamic of Hopi, it's like our our automatic assumption is that oh, we're gonna go to the tribe for money. Yeah, the tribe's gonna give us money to pay for college. But any Hopi scholar out there knows that the tribe doesn't fully fund a higher educational degree. And so therefore, you know, it's like you got to go elsewhere. You got to go. And for the students that are high accomplishing in high school, they're fortunate enough, especially if they attend any of the state universities here, uh, either ASU, NAU, or U of A, that they can obtain a scholarship through their high high school grades. And then so then in turn, that's extra funding. And then... Um, and then, you know, once they get to college, usually a lot of these college programs for incoming freshmen, that they have great programs to be able to share with students and share with them other avenues of obtaining financial aid. And then, you know, one thing that I forgot to mention, and this is probably something that will come up with the conversation with our guests, is that when you apply for tribal funding, that you do have to apply for something called PEL, which is the, the, um, the federal aid. 
Yeah, and I'm then pretty so, sure they'll, they'll talk about that. And then so that. when, because you're in an impoverished state, Carl, then you get this Pell Grant, which is then is an additional assistance. And so usually that's the way that, you know, Hopis that we kind of I'm, I'm go pretty sure that people know getting, about the getting, Pell, Pell Grant. Our, well, according to you, you know, it's like in people that are like-minded like you, all this information is probably not there. Well, well, but, but, then, but then, you know, outside of Pell, outside of Hopi, outside of, you know, whatever it is that you may learn when you reach the NAUs, the ASUs, the U of A's, or if you decide to go out of state, I have not heard a lot of Hopis talk about the Cobell Scholarship. And so that's why I'm, I'm really glad that we got our guests here who we're going to bring on very soon. All right. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for you all so we can uh, bring on our special guests. Juniper Outpost Boutique, located in Mesquite, Nevada, is thrilled to help support the quality content brought to you by Carl and J-Man. Saving the world isn't easy, but at Juniper Outpost, they make great gift giving and finding that special item you don't need but have to have all too easy. They value supporting local artists and small batch vendors from throughout Arizona, Nevada, and Southern Utah, and in providing products from folks trying to make the world a better place. Juniper Outpost invites you to stop on by on your way through. Visit them first on Facebook or Instagram at Juniper Outpost Boutique or their website www.juniper-outpost.com. And we're back, and we're going to bring our special guests on. We have Melvin Monet, I hope I pronounced the last name correctly, and Gabriel Bell with us. Th- thank you for, for joining us on the podcast, and especially thank you for the sponsorships that you all have been uh, supporting us with. We really hope that that bolsters the applications that you have been getting for the for the Cobell Scholarships. And, and so, gentlemen, uh, can you, can you uh, introduce yourselves to our listeners? Sure, I'll, go, I'll start. Um, my name is Melvin Manet Barajas, and I am the CEO here at Indigenous Education, Inc. We are more commonly known as the Cobell Scholarship, so IEI is just kind of our um, paperwork. So we like to be just be referred to as the Cobell Scholarship. I am an enrolled member and grew up in the Turtle Mountain um, Chippewa Reservation in North Dakota. Um, I also grew up a part of my life on the um, Spirit Lake Reservation in North Dakota as well. I have a bachelor's and a master's degree from the University of North Dakota, and I spent a little bit of time at the Turtle Mountain Community College and Chantashka Chikana Community College in Spirit Lake. Oh, nice, nice. I I, I I thought that maybe your last name was French, and so that's kind of where the mispronunciation yeah. came in, but sorry about that. That's okay. okay. I Gabriel. tell people that you buy a baguette, not a baguette. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and um, my name is Gabriel Bell. I'm the Director of Outreach here at Indigenous Education Incorporated, or IEI, um, with the Cobell Scholarship. Um, I'm an enrolled member of the Cheyenne and Arapaho Tribe. Sometimes I say that pretty fast, and it sounds like one thing, and what is that? So anyway, the Cheyenne and Arapaho Tribe was a combined tribe in um, Oklahoma. Sometimes they say Southern Arapaho and Southern Cheyenne. but I did not grow up around our uh, tribal lands or our tribal people and uh, communities. So I kind of grew up in a military family. And after my uh, parents, my father retired and my parents divorced, we moved back to Oklahoma in eighth grade and spent that time on um, there in Oklahoma. So um, have some of that uh, experience growing up there. Uh, went to college on a scholarship. I know there was some back and forth uh, just a moment ago on 
um, how that, how that goes forward. I know we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit, but um, anyway, I was able to utilize uh, funding from a scholarship program that um, catered to native uh, students pursuing higher education. I've been on board now with um, IEI in the Cobell scholarship program for uh, just over two years. I'm working on getting into my third year. Um, prior to that, I've been 11 years in uh, native scholarships. So I kind of have that experience bringing that to the table, but that's just a little bit about, about me, but I'm excited to join y'all today. So thank you for having us. Well, well, we're, we're very, very grateful for you guys to be on here talking about scholarships, because like I said before, uh, and I, we had these conversations before is like, um, and especially with, uh, with Michelle as well too, is like, nobody wants to hear about scholarships. Like, like what's, what's the, what's the deal with like hearing somebody talk about scholarships for a full hour? Carl, Carl, Carl's uh, throwing the challenge out to you, a uh, gentleman to, to convince him. But one, one of the things that I wanted you both to kind of uh, cover uh, before we get into the scholarship talk is, you know, because the, the name uh, Cobell is, is pretty well known around Indian country and out here on Hopi that you, we've heard the name before, but a lot of us out here don't associate that with scholarships because, you know, we're unfortunately our reservation was also, you know, hit with the whole allotment system. And then therefore, you know, as a result of the settlement that, you know, folks out here are, are getting quote unquote, you know, Cobell checks, which, which is what they've been referring to on, on the, on the social media. So, so uh, Melvin or Gabriel, can you share us a, a brief history of uh, Cobell? So the Cobell scholarship um, fund itself was set up as a result of the Cobell v. Salazar um, settlement litigation with the Department of Interior and the settlement class, which was started by Eloise Cobell, um, a Blackfeet woman from Montana who challenged um, the federal government in the way that they were calculating and dispersing allotment funds to our tribal members. And she won. It took her 15 years to win and another four or five years to go through all the appeals processes, but she won. Um, and that's where all of the settlement money comes from. When you talk about the Cobell check and the land checks, that's where that comes from. And that settlement is all for all intents and purposes is closed now. Um, there are some processes still happening at the tribal level, but for the most part, that part is closed. The scholarship was very deliberately built um, into the settlement by Eloise because she wanted young people to be able to pursue higher education, um, to pursue their dreams if that's what they wanted to do. And so that money um, out of the full settlement, $60 million was announced to be um, contributed to the Cobell Scholarship Fund, which is administered and those funds are overseen as they're being, they're endowed into perpetuity. So their money's there forever by what's known as the Cobell board of trustees, um, which is not us. The Cobell board of trustees is a separate nonprofit that holds onto these scholarship funds. And as we need the funds, we ask them for money for, you know, administration for, you know, Gabe likes to get his um, paycheck and pay his house payments. So um, we make sure that we ask them for money for that but also the scholarship funds themselves. Um, we take very little of the money administratively and we try to put all as much of it as we can into the scholarship funds. The scholarship is administered by Indigenous Education Inc. So when you say scholarship, or when you say Cobell check, that's what we hear on our end, but we our Cobell check 
reference is where's my scholarship check? So we hear the same question just in a different, um, different manner. Did you send my check? Yeah. Like, like, like that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like as a student, you're not going to be interested in like, in like the, where the history of, of Cobell comes from. You just want to see the money where it's coming from like that. And so like, you know, it's, that's that's part of the thing. That's that's part of the thing. How how people kind of think in a way, and so like talking about scholarships for a whole hour is 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 something that like no no student wants to hear. Oh, so exciting, in Carl! This, in this kind, of, yeah, they're looking for it. <laughs> I'll challenge you on it though. I'll say I think that you yeah, know maybe but, the topic in itself may, but I think there's there's yeah, a lot of folks and, out and there so that are like, looking like at what. Yeah. So yeah. So like like convince me and as like G- as Gabriel and Melvin. Feel free to uh, take a <laughs> note from me. Just cut Carl off whenever, so, whenever so, you have something important to say. Well, I just so, think so, that the uh, scholars like, scholars are excited to know about what's happening with Eloise Cobell and what happened because they can't answer the questions that we're asking them unless they know about her, unless they read about her. We have documents on our website that they have to read. Um, really, when you think about it, the scholarship is the only legacy that is left about the Cobell versus Salazar settlement. And we want that to live on into perpetuity. So young people, as they, as they get older and as they begin working with their own children and grandchildren can explain what happened. And this legacy is here forever. And that's why it's so important to get excited about what happened because we don't want it to happen again. We don't want history to repeat itself. And it's right there in the application that, process. You know, so folks are, are looking at that, but um, you know, I'll go with you on that, Carl, you know, I think in large part folks may, may not be okay. Scholarships is out there. It's kind of this thing that's out there and for a lot of students way out there in the future. Um, but what I would like to say is um, in conversation that we have with applicants that call in, that have questions, you know, it's right when they start thinking about going to college and we think about not only those in high school, but those that are out, you know, right when they start thinking about going to college, Oh, you know, the scholarship conversation becomes the most interesting thing. You know, where can I find them? How much do you offer? How can I apply? And it just kind of opens up this uh, larger conversation with that smaller, maybe I should say smaller subset of folks that are out there that, you know, right when it comes to that, that point of need, it just becomes the, the, the highest priority of how, do, how can I do that? Oh, the Cobalt Scholarship? What's that about? Um, what is it offered? How can I access it? Where's the website? Um, so I think for some, you know, sometimes when we think about this process that we go through, um, it, it can be based on that, you know, kind of that necessity of what's practical at the time and then really start figuring out what it is. Because then the next question is, okay, that's a scholarship. That's what it offers. But how can I be selected? And so that's what we try to do at IEI and the Cobell Scholarship Program is as we're engaging folks and, you know, talking about uh, what the application, uh, what it takes to submit a competitive application, one being you submit before the deadline. Um, these are the kind of conversations that we have. And um, the, those conversations on the phone can last an hour just on its own, not even in a podcast, but just a little thought there. And, uh, and uh, Gabriel and Melvin, thank you for, for sharing that. Um, you know, there was kind of a, a thought that I had and, you know, I, I, my assumption is that, you know, you guys probably deal with this a lot and I, I apologize if, if that's not the case, but, you know, because here on the reservation that, you know, you do get families interested that, you know, we, we want to send our children to college. And then in turn, usually you have like the parents or you have the grandparents, you know, kind of reaching out to the tribe and, you know, trying to figure out how, how can we fund our student to, to go to college. 
college. And usually by by the time that they're reaching out to the tribe, the student has already graduated high school yeah. and is, you know, trying to then they're trying to find the money. But then, you know, I guess, you know, for a lot of the the best practices as it relates to college setting the college going culture that a lot of this conversations really should be happening in high school, that it should start, you know, your freshman year in high school. And then as you get further closer to graduation to high school, then, then that's when, you know, you're kind of already set that you already got, you accepted to the program that you already got scholarships coming in by the time you're a senior in high school. And, and so I guess, you know, what, what's your recommendations out there for, for folks that may be listening to this, that have high school students that have aspirations of going to college? Yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe one of the first things is again, maybe to your point, having this conversation start around the, you know, the high school age, that's going to start happening. It's going to maybe happen maybe more naturally, but also for parents and, you know, maybe grandparents, those that are taking care of their, um, students, their native students, that this conversation can be had even prior to that, and just really talking about options uh, about life. And I think, you know, that can occur in you know the dinner table conversation, you know, day to day or well, whenever that may be had. But that seed can be planted then, and as they go through school, and you know, teachers and faculty begin to kind of um, you know encourage that thought as they go along. And then, of course, when they when they get to high school, it almost in some cases can become like, Oh no, what do we do? How do we get there? Um, you know, so what I would do is I would suggest, I would encourage those conversations to be had even, um, for those that are listening, nephews and nieces, brothers and sisters, of course, your children just to begin planting that seed. And so that as things change, you know, we know we just came through, um, all this advancement in technology in the last 10, 15 years and how it's scholarship has changed. You wouldn't be having those conversations, but, when, when you plant those seeds, and I think back in my life, um, they said college, they said college. And so when I got into high school, you know, I began to think, okay, well, what's this college thing? What are these scholarship? How do I get a scholarship? And that's where I began to identify some of those things. So I was just suggest having those conversations early, um, planting the seed, and just begin to encourage that thought as they go through and progress into high school. Um, at that point, they can be really reaching out to those uh, guidance counselors um, began to do their own research as they look at, you know, what's out there. I can go into search engine online and look at, you know, what what's out there. What are the native scholarships? What are the scholarships specific to the area that I'm interested in engineering or, or mathematics or what have you, or um, vocational programs? Is there funding out there for that? Um, so th- those are some of the thoughts that I would have about um, ways to encourage that early on. And that way that's a good foundation for them. So once they get to high school, it's not brand new. It's something that's kind of been percolating over the years. I, I, I would tell parents and grandparents I, I, who are I, asking, you know, if, if that conversation, just the word college comes up at dinner and for breakfast, whatever. Also, also challenge. How are you going to pay for that? Let's talk about scholarships. Like Great the two point. conversations have to happen at the same time, mostly because scholarship yeah. applications and college applications are happening at the same time. Yeah. So I, I really like the answers that you guys are giving, but um, off topic now. Carl's having, uh, <laughs> um, his brain is having difficulty computing some, so, some, some of the so, information. So off topic, well, well, so I, off I, topic for, for, this is, we're going off topic. We're now. not going off topic. So, we're staying on topic. So like uh, Gabe, 
uh, I did ask J-Man about like, what would he be doing if there was no scholarship available for him or if he didn't pursue higher education? So Gabe, uh, same question goes for you. Like if, if there was no scholarship that was available for you, like what would you be doing without like higher education or for anything like that? What would you be doing? Oh, let's see here. It's a good question. Um, I think back to it that I'm just exactly. bringing myself back to that point in time in high school. I was really involved in community and uh, doing a lot of things there. I could very well have continued to develop um, those connections where I was at and identify um, ways that I could contribute and, and build on some of the things that were doing in the community, being involved in church, also starting to get involved in our tribal uh, doings. So I can, can see myself being part of that without pursuing college, I guess you could say. Um, I don't, I don't know professionally what I might be doing, but the more and more I look at the internet and look at social media platforms that are out there and all the different opportunities, it's chock full. I could see myself going in a number of different directions. Um, might even do a, not a J man stand, but food truck. I don't know. You could do anything. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the same question goes for you, Melvin. So like, if you didn't pursue any higher education or know of any scholarships, or if you just took a different route, like without, without schooling in a way, like what would you be doing? I would probably take the same route around education. I would probably be working in a, in a elementary school somewhere as a um, teacher assistant, maybe an administrator, um, a tutor. Um, I would probably be in education. I've always um, had a love for education. So I probably would be in the same business, if you would, just at a different level. Because I tried um, managing yeah, restaurants like and I was not good at it. <laughs> that, that's a challenge. Yes. Nobody yeah, manages a, a restaurant. It's like it's like a Hell's Kitchen. That it's yes, trying to trying to ma- manage manage a restaurant. Yeah, but that's Carl's way of trying to say that you don't have to go to college. And so, but that's not the topic of the episode, Carl. No, but it, we're, we're talking about scholarships. We're talking about and, education. But you know, and, Carl, and so, you know, what's well, really interesting, Carl, is that we at the Cobell Scholarship, and I know some of our colleague, um, other native scholarship providers, we fund vocational scholarships. We fund certificates and diplomas, oh, no. you know, oh, that's right. six that's weeks, right. six yeah, month programs. Yeah, so you don't do need that. to go to the, you know, the whole bachelor, master's, doctoral um, way but if you want to learn a skill, we will help with that skill building as long as it's, you know, at a nonprofit institution somewhere in the United States. A lot of those programs are right in your backyard. We want to help you gain those skills. Yeah, and I think it's so great that, you know. Yeah, see, and a lot of, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. So that's really yeah, great that, information. Yeah, that's a really, really yeah, great information, really great information to share. Yeah. Uh, well, but, you know, the, the point that I kind of wanted to bring up, because we are talking about, you know, preparation for college specifically. And, you know, because then when we talk about, you know, students that do get the information as far as preparing properly for college. But then, you know, I think that with Indian country, I, I, well, I, I see it specifically with, with our Hopi community out here, that the students that prepare properly is a smaller population versus the actual population of students that kind of wait till the last minute and try to figure things out. Because, you know, with my experience working for other educational institutions that, you know, you you tend to find students that have this mindset that I'm just going to D around in high school 
And then once I get out of high school, then then I'll figure it out. And then so, you know, unfortunately for those students, they usually have a, a, a less than ideal GPA or, you know, they don't have the excelling programs under their belt to be able to get into some of these um, accredited or some of these more more accredited programs, and and so um, I, I guess you know this is really just kind of a, a conversation topic to throw out to the group because then you know I, I don't know uh, Melvin or uh, Gabriel. This is something that you guys really specify in, but then you know that that is, is is a reality that you got folks out there that are trying to look for support, but their their uh, resume may not be as great. The tribal colleges and um, community colleges are perfect places for those individuals to look to. Um, community colleges are, um, typically have open enrollment, so they're not really looking at your GPA. They're not looking at your history um, academically. They want you to succeed in what it is you need and want, so they help you out with that. Um, that's a good place to start. So you want to go to like an ASU or a U of A, start at a local community college, um, get some success under your belt, and then transfer. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's... I, I, I love the idea of going to college and I, I do tell because I do I do uh, deal with younger kids in a way believe it or not Carl unfortunately I, I do deal with younger kids <laughs> yes unfortunately yes and I do tell them I do tell them that you I, know, education, I, I pray for those children <laughs> <laughs> education is very important to the Hopi community but it's not important to your culture and to your to the things that you do hold dear to your heart and education like this is not the only way to become successful and I keep telling them is that is that you know you don't need to have a huge degree in order to become successful in a way is if you want to pursue something like that that's all for you it's all great for you that's something that you can that somebody cannot take from you because that's something that you do earn and then but you do earn as well too as like cultural wise you do earn in that aspect where where it's like where where you're part of the community. So, so Carl, are you proposing that the, the local TCU develop <laughs> some sort of cultural program so then that way we can get degrees within the culture? <laughs> within the a culture. lot of our tribal colleges do have degrees <laughs> no. in culture and language. Do they really? Yes, a lot of the tribal colleges do. Maybe you should get one. That oh, is, wow. That is wow. So if yours that, does that's not, that that's a place right there for you to so step that. in, Carl. I, I got doctor a PhD, in, doctor in Hopi. I, I got a PhD in uh, reading books about Hopi. So. <laughs> he talked himself right into it. But yeah, that's, that's like one thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that is one thing that I do tell my children is that, yeah, it's like education is, is one thing that you can pursue. And, and there are options to that because they don't think about these things like that. When they're younger kids, they don't think that money is available for them. And like going to higher education, you know, we, we tell them that there are scholarships available. But yet, like when we watch movies, like scholarships only for the rich people, like, you know, scholarship is for people that are doing well in academic in their academia and that or like they're they have to join sports in order to get like a scholarship. And that's their mindset. That's their mindset on the Hopi Reservation is that I have to join basketball in order for me to go to college. And that's one thing that is, is like very prominent on the Hopi Reservation is that. If they join sports, then they're more likely to get into like higher education or like going to somewhere, uh, you know, off to school. 
But then like you have all, all these other children that don't do anything like that. But then they're thinking about like going to college or they're thinking about a higher education. But yet they don't think about like the, the scholarships that are available for them. And so, you know, they, they think that, oh, it's too much for me to do that. So I'm not going to do but that. You talked earlier so about that's the, one thing. You talked earlier about the free application for federal student aid, the FAFSA, that a lot of... A yeah, lot of yeah, people the, the who yeah. live in abject poverty or even middle-income folks, because um, it really does depend on how mm-hmm. many people live in your household, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. They, once you complete that application, you're qualified not just for a Pell Grant, but you're also qualified for an SEOG grant, which is um, another federal aid. Some states use that to qualify for state aid. That None of that looks at if you play basketball, if you're a leader, or if you're in, um, anything. It qualifies you for work-study on campus, which work-study can be an amazing opportunity to really engage in, the, in your degree area with the faculty that are teaching those areas. Your tribal scholarship isn't looking at if you want yeah. to play sports or not. There's a lo- there are a lot yeah. of scholarships out there that have nothing to do with leadership or engagement or grades, and there are a lot of us that are. Um, it's really a matter of doing search. And we always tell everyone, call us and ask us. If we can't fund it, we know someone who can. And 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 Melvin, to, to per, per that comment, for anybody that has questions about scholarships, you guys are available for folks to call you guys and get any answers for questions they may have? Yes. And we and we agree as a, um, a group, we call ourselves a group, a small group of national native scholarship providers. I know at Native Forward Scholars, they will do the same at the American Indian College Fund. They'll do the same at um, the American Indian Science and Engineering Society. They'll do the same. We do a lot of research together. We collaborate a lot together. We do outreach together. So we all kind of operate in the same way. We just have different forms of funding. Yeah. And if folks are, you know, curious about answers to questions they might have, you know, they can always visit our website, cobaltscholar.org. Our contact information is there. You can email us. You can give us a, a, a call and we'll answer questions that are out there. So, Thank you, Gabe, for mentioning the website. That's why I pay him the mediocre dollars. I'll take him. (laughs) (laughs) Cobellscholar.org. Well, 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 Melvin, if you got some uh, spots open for podcasters, you know, you could pay us mediocre dollars as well. I I don't know if Carl's the right guy to bring on, but I I definitely can speak to this. No, but, uh, you know, as as Carl was kind of uh, dancing himself in circles with his, his conversation, I, I, he kind of brought up something that kind of got me to thinking because then, you know, like, I, I think that at, at least part of the disparity, at least here on this reservation, our, on our own reservation, that I think is probably closer to a factual statement is that students aren't exposed to a diverse list of careers, I guess, would be the way to say it. Because then, you know, Carl and I, we did have this conversation once upon a time on the podcast where we talked about, you know, conversing with with young students and kind of getting an idea of what it is that they want to be in life. And then, you know, usually the the answers are are, are pretty, I guess, somewhat generic. You know, we want to be a doctor, we want to be a a firefighter, I want to be a nurse, or I want to be, you know, a, a teacher, an educator. But then, you know, once you leave the reservation, then you're exposed to this wide range of careers that are a possibility. And unfortunately, you know, folks here on the reservation that they're not getting that exposure or at least, you know, the, the majority of the population, because then what I've seen through our educational systems on the reservation that usually the students that get the most exposure are your high performing students. Yeah. But then, you know, as you know, through through the work that you all do, I'm sure that you see this, that it's not always those high performing students in high school 
that end up making something of themselves post high school that you got a lot of folks that are either in that mediocre to below average educational performance range that in turn after the fact turn their life around and then they become you know high excelling once they they get to so so i guess you know as as professionals in the field what what are some programs that you recommend uh melvin you brought up a american indian science and engineering society which i think is an awesome program i i I very much appreciate that program but you know what what are some other sources uh out there resources for folks that could they could expose to their children so that they could learn more about what's out there for uh possibilities that are out there for them Oh, there are so many programs, but I think, you know, more importantly, you talked about, you know, talking to these young people about, you know, asking them what they want to be. I never ask, not even my own children, what they want to be. I always ask them what they want to do. I wanted to do education. I wanted to be a second grade teacher, but when I realized that I, I probably didn't like children or their parents, that I was going to not be able to be a teacher but I was going to do education in some way. Oh man! Um, and so I, I really ask a lot of students about their passions. You what probably do you want to do? Like Carl in your class, <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. But in terms of what it is they want to do, go to school for your passion. Take classes early on about your passions, and then decide what it is you're going to do with that down the road. Because so many things don't exist. Um, recently, I tend, I visited the University of North Dakota, uh, my alma mater, my alma mater. And walking down a hallway, there's a new bachelor's degree in esports, esports coaching, esports creation. Esports is like a whole new thing. My grandchildren play esports and they get a letter in esports in high school. So that's something that didn't exist. So I think just having having that passion conversation with them to let them know that whatever it is you want to do may not even exist. Go out there and create what it is you want to do. If you're doing what you want to do and you're doing your passion, you're going to be a success. And I think in addition to that, you know, I like that. There's a lot of, there's, there's so many, you know, some, anything from summer programs, summer camps that are, you know, built around, you know, preparing for life after high school or into college. Um, you know, there's all kinds of programs out there that can kind of speak to, you know, molding some of those ideas of what do you want to do. And I think in my mind, as I talk to applicants, as I talk to, you know, family members that, are, that have questions, you know, this really becomes a journey. And like you were saying, you might you might have been a mediocre student or you know uh, someone that had a lower GPA in high school, but then when you got into your adult age, things changed. Maybe you had a family, and then you know you refocus, and then all of a sudden you're that academic student that can pursue and is focused and knows what they want to do. Hey, if, number one, I want to take care of my family, but I, you know I've been over here right next to our community health center, and I've been working there. Let me let me start tacking on some education so I can get promoted up and and do that sort of thing. So. Um, that may be one scenario, but there's so many different roads that, you know, people will traverse along their educational journey. And that's one thing that I like to encourage is, hey, allow the process to take place. Don't feel like you have to box yourself into, oh, I'm going to get this degree or get this vocation. That's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But, you know, give yourself some freedom to be open-ended. And to Melvin's point, th- that can be helpful when you have those conversations early on of what do you want to do? Um, like we were mentioning earlier, I was grew up in a military family. So that's obviously something I always wanted to do. I saw my father come in in his, in his uniform. And I said, Oh, that's what I want to do someday in my life. And so um, those are kind of the things that I think about as far as how do you nail down or look at and explore these different career fields? Cause again, to your point, those that might come from a community or a reservation may not be exposed to these different options. Maybe some of those conversations are centered in and focused on, on those higher performing students, but 
Um, here we are in the information age and you can dial in cobaltscholar.org and look at our resource videos or go to com uh, community.cobaltscholar.org and be part of our uh, Cobalt community where we're trying to build forums that talk about these things, talk about um, ways to prepare for um, your, your scholarship application, ways to look at uh, different career tracks that are out there, um, ways to look at different vocational uh vocational certificates that are available not only through the COBOL scholarship program but just out there in general and so um, you know do I want to be a welder do I want to you know be in Alaska you know doing something with wildlife um, that sort of thing so um, just just some additional thoughts perfect perfect and then going off topic again <laughs> Carl does not like him a topic does he <laughs> no he does not like, he likes the off topic topics the past we, episodes, we, in in it, he he's three four four this season so far derailing episodes. So <laughs> it, you no, know, it's it's it relates to everything, but it, it's just like you know, it's in my mind, it, I work differently. But but going off topic again, like you know, like he, he likes to drive a hundred miles just to go one mile. That, that's how his <laughs> mind works. <laughs> But no, you know, uh, Gabe, uh, Melvin, you know, you, you two pursued this higher education. You, you pursued, you wanted to do this because you you had this need in yourself to like say, okay, this is what something that I, I really wanted to do for my people, for people that I do love, for people that I want to encourage. And so, uh, Melvin, like uh, what, what are some encouraging words or some encouraging thoughts to people who don't want to, uh, I guess, don't, don't want to pursue a higher, higher education or have never thought about pursuing a higher education, uh, you know, this, 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 any type of view like that? What, what, are your, what are your thoughts and what are your views on this? My views for folks who may not want to pursue higher education? Yeah. Do yeah. your passion. I mean, like what are if, your, if you, what are you, if you, don't want to. He said they got the vocational program, Carl. I know, but yeah, I know he said that. There's so, a, you yeah, know, go ahead, man. but pursue your passion, and even in even in vocationals and trades, you know, oftentimes there's an opportunity to shadow people, to work with people, to learn from individuals. There might be opportunities in a non-degree required position that you can you know, take different modules to kind of advance your own education without going into higher ed, you're, you're always learning. You don't necessarily realize you are, but you know, even your employee handbook, you're going through it. You're going to learn some things through those kind of things, you know, reach, uh, reach deep and really look at that, the tenet that we carry really strongly here at the Cobell scholarship. Eloise Cobell said, I want young people to question everything before them. Just really question everything, you know, and look for the answer. And if that's in higher education, great. If it's not, Great as well, as long as you're happy. I I have a personal belief system. If I have to get up and go to work for any length of time, I'm going to look for a new job <laughs> because I want to go to work. <laughs> but I have yeah. that privilege because I have two degrees. Not everyone has that privilege. So if you can find your passion and work in your passion and get to go to work most of your life, pursue that. I was gonna say I don't know if everyone should take that advice because a lot of us won't be sh showing showing, showing up, up for work. work on Monday morning. <laughs> well, I said for a length of time. <laughs> so, 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 Melvin BT Dub Gabe might not show up for work tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> so, so Gabe, so Gabe, uh, the same goes as uh, same question goes for you as well too. Yeah, I mean, as I think about it, I, I really can't. Um, 
I think Melvin just hit it right in the head um, with his statement because maybe I'll just kind of look at it from a different angle and say that, you know, we get really built up about pursuing higher education. Again, like I said, when you're going through high school, that's what they, that's what they said to us. They said college degree, college degree, you know, pursue that college, go to college, get scholarships. That was just something that was really um, instilled in us growing up. So that was like, that was like the pinnacle. That's where we're headed to. Um, but there's so many different avenues and you already mentioned it. Melvin's mentioned some of those uh, behind the, the thought of pursuing your passion, but you know, what are you going to do if you're not, if you're not going to pursue a higher education degree, are you going to pursue a vocational trade? Are you going to just go out and start working? And in that work facility, you're going to pursue promotions. Oftentimes those take maybe in company uh, credentials, you know, you got to get certified within the company or they might send you off and say, Hey, we need you to go over here and get the certification before you can be considered for a promotion. So there's always these, these either smaller processes that folks go through to get credentialed um, so that they can have that uh, education. You, you could say it that way, or that th- those skills training, you know, have the, that training behind them to show that they have accomplished those things that uh, meet the requirements for whatever they're pursuing. Um, or you might just enter in, in, enter in the workforce and, and be satisfied with um, where you're at and, and pursue that again, maybe that that becomes your passion. I don't know. Um, but that's just another way of looking at it is that, you know, higher education and, and pursuing an associate's or a bachelor's degree is, is one, uh, one version of a lot of different ways of uh, obtaining credentials that aren't necessarily, you know, uh, that bachelor's degree, a bachelor of science degree it could be a, a, cert- a certificate in, uh, you know, Hamburger University somewhere if you're working in a fast food restaurant. Uh, just different ways of looking at that. All right. Real Gabe, words. Gabe, yeah, real Gabe, Gabe yeah. broke up a little bit. I thought you said bashes degree. No, bashes degree. <laughs> I, 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 I have one, one more question okay, uh, go for, ahead. For, for you gentlemen before, before we run out of time. Uh, but, you know, because I, I've, been, I've been privy to this, this information having attended college. And, you know, I, I think that probably one of the reasons why a lot of folks on the res don't choose to pursue a uh, higher education, because then, you know, it tends to feel daunting because then, you know, a lot of us, we have this mentality and, you know, I guess, you know, a little bit can contribute to what Carl's expressions were earlier, but, you know, we see the universities as only being for the smart people. And I think that's what Carl was trying to get at uh, before. We only see it for the smart people. We only see it for the rich people because then it feels like that two and two have to go together in order to get into an institution. But then, you know, having gone through that and then actually getting into college and then, you know, you kind of see the numbers and, you know, you see the numbers of the percentage of native people, native populations that actually do go to college. And then, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, then it turns into this big old squid games to where the percentage reduces as it gets to those that earn their bachelor's degree and then in turn that percentage continues to reduce when it gets to folks earning their grad graduate degree and then even more so earning some sort of professional graduate or doctorate degree and so uh, Gabe and Melvin can you guys share any data that you may have as far as Indian country goes for, for folks that are going to college and what we can do as native people to turn those trends around so there's not a lot of data that can be pulled easily until recently um, American Indian Alaska native students kind of fell into that area that we just called um, 
statistically insignificant. So we kind of grouped in with everybody else that can't be counted because our numbers are so small. So we as a group, um, I talked about the National Native Scholarship Providers, are doing that research now. So I don't, you know, I can't pull those numbers together, but we're, we're pulling them together. We've got a couple of studies put out um, talking about really what the challenges are for American and Alaska Native students. We did recently publish on all four of our websites, you can link to this, the um, Indigenous Student College Affordability Survey. And it really talks about what our, what our scholars are challenged with. And it's almost never academics. It's almost never I can't make it in class. It's financial. And one of the challenges financially, you talk about that making it from first year to second year, even first semester to second semester, where we lose a lot of our scholars, really has to do with finances. Because we, in in K-12 education, we don't talk enough about scholarships and financial aid and going to college. We talk about going to college and applying for college but how to pay for it. So when a lot of a lot of um, individuals, native individuals get to campus, they're ready for school, but financially they're not, they're behind, they're behind, they're racing, they're trying to find money They're, You know, there are American Indian student service offices on campuses. There are minority student campus um, offices on campuses, various offices to help them. But those funds are very limited after the fact. And that's really where we see a lot of people falling off because they end up making a student loan that's daunting. It may not still be enough. They drop out or they stop out for a while. When they want to return, they forget that they had that student loan and they can't get back in until they've paid that off or begun pay, begin paying that off. Um, so it's really about um, financial accountability and financial education. I think that we don't do enough of that as an industry mm. itself, yeah. education. Yeah. I think we'd see a lot more people it, it, moving it does, forward. It does sound... Yeah, it sounds like the the conversations that we do have with students around here as well too, because of the yeah. because of the financial aid. Because because you know that, that as as you were talking, Melvin, you know that's kind of what I was thinking about. You know, is, is that we're not taught how to properly manage the finances because episodes way back, Carl did talk about how he spent his scholarship money at a strip club down in uh, Tennessee. And, <laughs> and so, you know, that that, <laughs> that tends that tends to be the case. But, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, that's pretty much from from me, Carl. I, I, I don't know if you have any further questions or but nothing. Definitely. Else. Thank you yeah. to, to Melvin and Gabriel for taking the time. And Melvin and Gabriel, if you have any other things you would like to leave our listeners, uh, let the students out there know where the scholarships are and the deadline and any other resources you may have for them. Absolutely. I'm just going to say again, you know, visit cobalscholar.org and right at the top of the page, we have the latest updates on all of our scholarships and opportunities that we offer, excuse me, all of our scholarship opportunities that we offer. And uh, there's also some helpful links. Like I mentioned before, you can go to um, some uh, resource videos that we have that are very helpful that will take you all the way through every step of the process in our application system that we have Oasis. Um, and and so there's also a button for Cobalt Community if you want to get plugged in and have conversations online and see what's what what the buzz is right now or what what folks are talking about in the Cobalt Community and be part of that. You can certainly do that. And so that, that's the first thing I would just uh, say: CobaltScholar.org. Um, visit that website. Each year, our academic year um, undergraduate and graduate scholarship applications open on December 15, and they close March 31st every year. Um, so we're um, getting geared up for that now. And that's our um, our larger application pools that we have, but we also offer things at the graduate level, our um, summer research fellowship at the graduate level. Um, we also offer a writing year dissertation fellowship, Eloise Cobell writing year dissertation fellowship. Again, all this can be found on our website, cobellscholar.org. 
We have our frequently asked questions that are also available there. Um, just chock full of information that might be helpful to a lot of the listeners that are, that are uh, tuning in today. So um, I would just mention that. And I would also say that there's not a lot of information on social media about scholarships, but we are out there on social media, linked to all of our social media, and we will provide a lot of resources out there. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for being on the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast show. Uh, We really appreciate that. We really appreciate all the information because, yeah, there isn't a lot of information about scholarships and nobody really talks about scholarships. But with having you guys here, you guys- Oh, they do, Carl. It's just not on the sites (laughs) that you go to. I I know there's no scholarship link on on RedTube. (laughs) I know you like to speak for the masses, but then- (laughs) But anyway, thanks guys. Uh, hang on the line for a bit, and then. Uh, but thank you, thank you again for for uh, for being on the show, guys. Thank you. Definitely, big big shouts out to to you all and and the work that you do. Very important work, and so we would like to thank the Cobell Scholarship Program and in Indigenous Education Incorporated for being a title sponsor of the Carl and J Man Save the World podcast. And so for anybody else out there that like to be a title sponsor, this is some of the perks that come with it. But uh, I guess that's pretty much it for today, Carl. Yeah. And actually, before we go, we like to make an announcement for everybody that who is listening right now. Tell all your friends and family, we will be doing a giveaway, a giveaway that will include everybody who listens to this podcast. But there's one catch. One catch, one catch only. You have to listen to the rest of our uh, episodes that will be coming out. And so what we will be doing, we'll be giving away a prize at the end of this season, which is worth over an X amount of dollars. Carl wanted to say it was worth $5,000, but in reality, <laughs> it's probably really a couple hundred bucks. Probably like that. But, but anyway, um, that we're going to be trying where it's called the phrase that pays. So every episode, starting with start, this episode, with starting with this episode, we're going to give you one word of the phrase of the phrase, and, and it's at, at the very end, yeah. And so you have to listen to the full episode. Yes, you have entirety. to listen to the full episode in its t- entirety to, to get the next word. So at the end of our season. When all of the words are in correlation with each other, it's, it's going to make a sentence. When you can come up with the phrase. Or when you come up with the phrase. And you, uh, once you do that, you're going to email us the phrase with all of your details and how well. Or message. Or Instagram, message. Yeah. Any, or any type of uh, just try to get to us. Or you can text it to me. Too. Yeah. And ex- exactly. And we will be, you will be put into a drawing with the rest of the people to get this big prize that we have at the end it's like watching you trying to drive through like a real muddy road you know it's like you're driving at 15 miles an hour but the tires are just spitting it's like oh, really? carl spit it out <laughs> well you're 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 basically you're uh interrupting me my brain I, I, is, I, I my know, brain I is know, all at, uh, i know you're a little nervous of being around intellectuals <laughs> you know myself melman and gay but no, but anyway, yeah. But anyway, listen to Oliver and we'll be putting this blasting on this for Instagram and everything like that or Facebook, Instagram, all our socials. So look out for that. Look out for everything like that. And uh, anything else? Uh, oh, exa- uh, listen to our... <laughs> <laughs> listen to our paid listen to our paid program it's only 7.99 a month you get all of your paid episodes for that amount tell all your friends and family to do that carls 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 
Think about that word, Carl's. So that's the phrase, or that's the first word of the Carl's. If you're not if you're not following us on our social media accounts, we can be found all across the boards: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Carl and J Man. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give our podcast a five star review because your Apple Podcast because your podcast <laughs> I, I cannot get that right. If your podcast is not five stars unless your Apple Podcast says you're five stars. And if you're listening to this on anything other than Spotify, listen to it a second time on Spotify because they also sponsored the podcast. All right. Well, you've been think, uh, listening to Carl and J Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend Jay. So long, quack quack.